Hey everyone, it is another day of God's grace and you have found Alter Echo and that makes me very happy. This is Pastor Andy Smith, St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Let's come into the presence of God together and join our faith. Well, hello everyone. So good to be back together at Alter Echo. I hope your week has been good and I hope that these weeks ahead are life-giving for you as we get on toward the end of summer. I want to know today what you feel God is at work in the world doing. Seems to me that there are all kinds of people coming back out and, and gathering together again at festivals and community celebrations and concerts and parades and there's a there's a brimming over of energy and joy about this. For those who are out there, I realize that some are still cautious and with good reason. But for those who are out there who have who have left the confines of feeling locked down, you hear often, or trapped a little bit, um, as we have in these last 16 months, it's almost as though a coffee cup is running over and there's no end in sight <laughs> from what is coming out of the pot. It's brimming, it's brimming over with energy and joy. And it does seem as though God is in the midst of us continuing to give energy and life in a new way. There's a renaissance to life about it right now. And so we give thanks to God and we do, we do put our name on, on God and God's work in this as well. It's not just stuff that's happening randomly out there, but God is in the midst of us. And God does always act as the God of life for us, the Lord of life. So I hope you're feeling that way right now. And wherever you are in this whole grand spectrum of pandemic experience, we are together and we are God's people and we are loved and we come to God's word with anticipation for the guidance that we need as disciples in this world. And for that, I am so grateful and I'm so grateful for all of you. We're in the middle of our sermon series now on the book of Revelation. It's called Embracing Revelation, Not Letting the Empire Strike Back. You're going to hear a little bit more about that today, of course, and in these uh, weeks ahead. So let's get to our texts today, shall we? We have two, one from Revelation chapter 6 and then a follow-up in Revelation chapter 7. Here's chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Then I saw the Lamb open one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures call out as with a voice of thunder, Come! I looked, and there was a white horse. Its rider had a bow. A crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature call out, Come! And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people would slaughter one another. And he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature call out, Come! I looked, and there was a black horse. Its rider held a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's pay, and three quarts of barley for a day's pay, but do not damage the olive oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature call out, Come! And I looked, and there was a pale green horse. Its rider's name was Death, 
and Hades followed with him. They were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, famine, and pestilence, and by the wild animals of the earth. Now we move over to chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Dear friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, everyone, let's pray. Holy God, come to each of us now, and all of us together, even in this virtual space. Bring us together from the corners of the earth, from where we are, into your heart, and move in our hearts, our souls, and our minds, and open up space where you can dwell and where we can draw life from you. We pray this in your holy name, O Lord, Jew, Jesus, our Master, our Shepherd, and our Savior. Amen. Well, I remember a pastor friend of mine telling one year at one of our monthly meetings of a woman in a former church of his, she remained nameless, of course, who never shared names or identities, who came to him one day and told of devastating losses in her life. She described family deaths, and lost jobs, and painful suffering in a broken marriage, and relying on elixirs of comfort that weren't good for her, of course. He said she described more genuine painful ordeals in life than he had ever heard from anyone else. And then, at the end of her sharing, she looked at him, her pastor, through her tears and said, Pastor, All I have left to rely on is grace. All I have left is Jesus' grace for me. Today's first passage, the description of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, 
and the, and the mass of uncertainties and vulnerabilities of life they represent is exactly what this woman described. It's very real and, and down to earth. The four horsemen in Revelation might seem very confusing to you, and you may truly wish that they were something more like the four horsemen from the 1924 national champion Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame Irish football team under Knut Rockne. <laughs> Hard for me to say, I guess. But they represent, the four horsemen do, the battles we humans face with experiences of, of life crashing down. The first horseman represents conquest and, and feeling powerless and defeated and wanting to give up. Our lives have crashed down. Or secondly, experiences of, of war, but also violence and, and threat and intimidation and all the psychological damage this entails that causes your heart and mind and even whole body to tremble with fear. This is the second horseman. Or third, experiences of economic insecurity. The third horseman represents this vulnerability. And then all the ways that we go the other direction as fast as we can to try to accumulate so much, thinking that this will bring us security, which of course it can't. It can all crash in a day. And finally, fourth, experiences of death. And in our own deaths one day, this is the fourth horseman. And that final reality that this is the biggest challenge everyone has to face that we and no one can ever escape. Think of the ordeals people go through in this life. Maybe you would even say that you yourself have really suffered through some crushing ordeals and struggles. And think of where we would be in this life if we threw in the towel because we didn't have faith that there is a God bigger than all of this who indeed knows us and knows our ordeals and sufferings and, and loves us and is with us here to give us his strength and tells us that no matter what, there is always grace for us left and here, even if everything else seems to have come crashing down. Grace not only saves us in the end, but grace, Jesus' self-sacrificing, giving, generous love for us that we can't even begin to deserve or pay back. This grace saves us now, too, and then carries us and renews us and, and picks us back up and breathes God's new life into us, almost like a resurrection. And this is real hope for us, people of faith. Chapter 6, now in Revelation, is about honesty. Honesty about this kind of life. Honesty especially about the sufferings and the threats of life. And how we need to depend on God because we can't go it alone. It's meant to open up the minds of people who in the first century when this was written were suffering under the thumb of a dictator, an emperor, who persecuted and was just punishing toward them. 
but then who at the same time played this psychological game with them by telling them how good he would be to them if they'd only but submit to him. Well, this is what an abuser does with his spouse or his family. This was the ordeal Christians in the first century were suffering, along with all the other regular challenges and often true ordeals as well, just navigating daily life. The message of chapter 6 of Revelation to them and to you is, no matter what, you cannot give up and succumb to a dastardly dictator, abuser, narcissist, tyrant. When you are at your lowest and you want to throw in the towel, remember your faith and your God. Remember the Lamb, Jesus, who turned himself outward and gave his own life in order to focus his love on real people like you and me in this real world who really especially need it right now, a love beyond any strength that they have of their own left. Remember Christ. Remember grace. It is free, and it is for you, and it is real, and it, not any of your suffering, but grace, is what is victorious and will save your life. Then, Chapter 7 comes along and paints a tear-jerking picture of all of the people who have suffered all of the great ordeals of getting through this thing called life, like Prince said, coming to God, this throng of people, and, and meeting God face-to-face -face and experiencing every bit of the crushing weight of all they've endured being lifted from them, and God taking it and taking away their fear and their pain and their, their deep worry and their heart-sick sadness, and God then bringing them into this place of safety, the kingdom of God, God's love in real presence with them. With God, in his grace, there is true relief and freedom from what people did battle with and from what you and I do battle with now that tries to pummel us. Corinne Chilstrom, who was the wife of our very first Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, churchwide bishop Herb Chilstrom, wrote a book about her son's suicide when he was just a young man. It was some kind of catharsis, of course, from the very ordeal she and Herb and their family went through after the suicide. She highlighted that verse, verse 14 from Revelation 7. These are they who have come out of the great ordeal, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And she said that this was the verse that gave her as much comfort as any other in the Bible. She saw her son Andrew in this image, who suffered with depression 
and other needs and, and couldn't take it anymore. She said that suicide is always wrong, but so is so much else in our lives that we struggle with. She saw her son as one of those in this incredible image of a multitude of people that was too big to count, who had suffered so much in this life, yet who were still given the grace needed to be in the presence of the one who knew their suffering and loved them all the more because of what they had endured and who took away the weight of their suffering in this life and clothed them in the garments of Christ's victory at the cross over every suffering, every evil, every sadness and sin in this life. She saw her son in the arms of his Lord, safe, loved, nurtured, cherished. All he had left, perhaps, was God's grace. But grace from God is enough. And grace is enough for you and me right now, too. When, when life beats down on you, name it. Don't fear it, but name it. But then, don't give in to that power of that beating down. Keep the faith and trust God is here with you through every ordeal. And pray for God's power, which is far more powerful than anything in your life or mine. And know he will wipe the tears from your eyes and call you into his embrace and love you there even right now until you remember again the relief of being his own a child of God, where in your baptism you were sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ's selfless grace for you forever. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone.
God be with you until next week.